0: Thank you for joining me on another episode of She Leads Now podcast, where we help career and entrepreneurial women gain the tools to develop a success mindset, create winning strategies, build collaborative relationships, and take bold action towards creating impact and fulfillment in their lives and careers. I'm your host, Sabine Gideon, and I'm on a mission to awaken and activate women and emerging leaders so they can tap into their innate leadership ability elevate their influence and create the impact they were destined to make. If you're ready to uplevel your confidence, courage and influence, you've come to the right place. Join me weekly for insights, strategies and resources to help you grow, develop and embody the leader you were meant to be, so that you can make the impact you know you are called to make and establish the legacy you've always dreamed. The world eagerly awaits the emergence of your brilliance, impact and influence. So, with that, let's dive into this week's episode. Welcome to another episode of the She Leads Now podcast. I'm your host, Sabine Gideon, and joining me today is Gretchen Salyer. Gretchen is the founder and the CEO of June Care Company. June Care connects parents who need childcare with qualified hosts, often stay at home moms who can care for their kids. With their mission of moms supporting moms in their most important work, Junecare provides moms with access to childcare, income opportunities, and community. Prior to founding Junecare, Gretchen was a stay at home mom for three years after retiring from her job as a tech executive. Gretchen lives in California with her husband, three girls, and their puppy, Jan. Welcome to the show, Gretchen. Thank you so much, Sabine. It's so nice to be here. I absolutely. I'm so excited to have this conversation. You know, you you're, the work that you're doing is amazing. But before we we get into today's work, walk us through briefly your journey in coming to this place of being in corporate, climbing the ranks, and then deciding to leave, and now building your own business.
1: Yeah, when you lay it out like that, it really just reminds me life does have chapters, and I feel very fortunate to have been through several different chapters. So, as you mentioned, I. Spent the majority of my career working in technology at a company called Intuit. I was there for 15 years and wonderful company, wonderful culture. It afforded me so many opportunities to try different things and really grow in kind of my skill set, but also as a leader, they do a great job of just like leadership training and really developing the whole person. While I was at Intuit, I had my three girls. So I had three girls in about three years and continued to just be given additional opportunities and ended up with a large general management job, like kind of quintessential large corporate job, international team. I loved it. Absolutely loved it. But my husband was running a startup at the time and we were definitely feeling the crunch of just, you know, having three young kids and having two very fast paced careers. And then as part of that, which which kind of leads me to Care, eventually, you know, just went through the gamut on childcare, which we have, if there is there was a childcare option out there, we were trying it and often multiple childcare solutions at the same time. So about three years ago, shortly before the pandemic, which of course we didn't know the pandemic was about to hit us. I decided to take some time off and just wanted to reconnect, you know, with my girls, reevaluate my goals and what I wanted to do next. I was really seeking kind of that steep learning curve as well as just, you know, wanted to take, do a little reflection Mm -hmm. personally as well. And then not six months later, all of my girls were home from school. I had a preschooler, a kindergartner, and a first grader who were all supposed to be doing zoom school It was, it was so hard. And and I have to say the thing that was the hardest for me was here. I was in a relatively, well, a very fortunate position. I wasn't trying to work full time while trying to homeschool my children. You know, financially we were stable on one income and it was really hard for me. I mean, it really knocked me down just trying to homeschool these kids. And I was, understanding how hard it was for me, given my fortunate situation, and then seeing my friends, my community, my family struggling even more than I was for all the reasons you can imagine. And then of course, we were all just bombarded with the news of the toll that this pandemic was taking on families and moms in particular. And so I started to organize childcare swaps within my own local community as a way to just create reliable childcare options for the moms who were trying to work and were trying to have their kids at home. And through the course of doing that, it really expanded and became kind of this rich network of support here in the Bay Area where I live. And we were all looking at each other like, why haven't we been doing this the whole time? You know, it was in a time where people were feeling so isolated. We were feeling more connected than ever. We were truly like living in that village that you're told you're supposed to have when you have kids, but is very hard to actually find. Our kids were loving it because they were socializing. They were, you know, it felt like going over to a friend's house or a play date more than childcare or daycare. And so that was really the inspiration behind June care is gosh, I wonder if there's any way I could help create these networks and communities of support for parents everywhere. As just a new and better approach to childcare. And so that led me to August of 2021 of last year, the catalyst being my kids went back to school. (laughs) And I felt like I had like a minute to try to execute on this vision. I launched an experiment, and it's just been a wild ride since then. I've been overwhelmed with the demand. I ended up raising some venture capital at the end of last year just to help you know, build a small and mighty team and meet the demand, add some technology and automation for scale. And it's just been so rewarding. And we're just at the beginning
0: of the journey, but I'm really excited to see where it goes. Oh my goodness. So many places to start here, right? It, it almost sounds like you were part of the great resignation before the great resignation was a thing but the the unique piece around being able to take your experience and the experience of those around you those within your community to identify a solution that you know served you all and now you're expanding to to serve you know many all of, all throughout the state and eventually throughout the country correct
1: yeah that's the goal so we're currently in california I'm just really making sure you know we have the model buttoned up and working really well for our users. We also, we don't have that many people. We're a team of five. So you know, that's our biggest limitation in terms of expansion. So adding the technology, uh, we're adding a mobile app, hopefully this week, fingers crossed, some backend technology as well to just help service
0: relevant matches will give us a scale to start expanding nationwide. Love it. Love it. So, so staying on the topic around, you know, working moms or just moms finding or needing that support in that community, especially around home care, you know, great resignation, great pause, whatever, whatever we're calling it this day, great reshuffle. Is another one that I heard recently. And so we know that, you know, overall here in the US, it's been over four million people who have left the workforce or changed jobs. And I know a significant amount of that has been women. And I'm sure that, you know, with your organization and, and what you're seeing and, and how you're expanding it, that you are seeing the you are seeing the real impact of this great resignation. So talk to us a little bit about how has that impacted June care and you know the work that you're doing and you know hopes for expansion.
1: Yeah, it's so true. And so the 4.3 number is just staggering. And then our stats say three million of those are working moms. And the primary reason why moms are leaving the workforce is because of lack of access, to child care and or lack of ability to afford childcare. So where Care fits into that, and in a way, honestly, it's the, the great resignation that has always been a catalyst for Care, And I think we're seeing that even more, even as we come out of the pandemic. So for our hosts, so these are moms or parent, any parents who come onto the platform who want to earn money while they are home with their kids. And they can do that through Care by inviting children from another family over, providing that childcare for another family's children, as well as your own at the same time, and then getting paid by the family whose children you're watching to do that. And so that is how our model works. We facilitate those connections, the scheduling, the matching, as well as the payments. So for our gym care hosts, these are, we kind of refer to them as, as tweeners. And I think a lot of parents can relate to this decision So they are faced with, you know, do they go back to work and take that job that, you know, pays them whatever the rate may be, $18, $20 an hour, a decent amount, but they have to consider the cost of childcare because while they're at that job, their children are not going to be with them. And so they need to be paying someone else or some entity to be watching their children. And it is a very hard decision because often the economics don't actually work out. So you are almost underwater by taking the job because you have to pay for child care, which is more expensive than what you're actually making on an hourly basis. And so this is where June care can come in because now we are allowing you to quote unquote, take a job that is going to help you get paid and you are the child care provider for your children. So you are not paying any money for child care and you're earning money while you're with your children, the economic value to you and your family is enormous and a game changer really too, from a financial perspective, but also, you know, from a community and familial perspective as well. And so this is where we get really excited. Um, just a fun stat, 95% of our Care hosts are actually former uh, professional childcare workers themselves. So former teachers, daycare providers, former nannies. And so they are actually doing what they love by hosting June care and able to be with their own kids, which is just so exciting for us to be able to kind of just present and create that opportunity for these moms. On the flip side though, a lot of parents have left the workforce because they can't find childcare. So we have had a long Childcare crisis in our country pre-pandemic. Over half, fifty-one percent of American families who needed childcare did not have access to it. They lived in what are called childcare deserts. And so, with June Care, by empowering stay-at-home parents, stay-at-home moms to actually be a childcare resource, we have the opportunity to really increase childcare supply in a very dramatic way. And so now if you are a parent who needs to wants to take that job outside the home and want to have a really premium, safe, comfortable childcare solution for your family that you can afford, you can now do that through June Care by finding or we can find you a Junecare Care host. You're now paying another mom, you're supporting another mom in your community. Your child is getting a great childcare experience and you have access to the childcare you need to pursue your own career goals outside of the home. So I feel like Junecare kind of fits in this really interesting crux as a as a solution to part of the problem that is associated with this great resignation.
0: Oh, my goodness. I love that. And, you know, from a child care cost perspective, I, I've heard <laughs> upwards to like two thousand and even more for like, you know, one or two kids. And, you know, for some people, that's the equivalent to their rent or to their mortgage. So child care cost was already crazy to begin with. And so I love that the model allows them really from an economic standpoint to be on top. You know, uh, I couldn't imagine having to pay $2,000 a month for childcare and just, you know, just to be able to go to work and support the family. Now, you mentioned that 95% of the current hosts are individuals who were already in that space to begin with. Now, have these individuals, these 95%, part of that 3% or 3 million, excuse me, of women that left the workforce? Or, like, how was that demographic?
1: Yeah, I, I think obviously not all of our hosts would fall into that category, but there has been a lot of press recently coming out of the pandemic of like, where have all the childcare workers gone? So, here in San Francisco, where we live, you know, even if you can afford, you know, like a very expensive in home nanny, they're not there and it's a big question mark as to you know where have they gone and and i think it's just a lot of them probably are moms themselves i mean we're talking about people who love children you know they're working they've chosen careers to build up children to care for children you know whether they're teachers or nannies and so now they have their own kids and they are looking for Ways that they need to earn income. So they're looking for ways to earn income, but then they're faced with this crisis of, you know, what do they do with their own children? Because they're also subject to the fact that there are childcare deserts. So it's not like they have a plethora of options for their own children so that they can go watch other people's children, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And so here we have this opportunity to actually just empower former childcare workers, stay at home moms to own their own businesses to be entrepreneurial to kind of take their fate in their own hands i guess if not to like overdramatize it but to really earn that income while they're caring for their own families and while they're supporting their own communities in a way that you know obviously means a lot to them already
0: yeah and and thank you for clarifying that and, and i think it's an important point right because we hear these numbers like you know 3 million 4 million millions of people have left the workforce right and you know there's just really i don't hear much about well who are the people yeah. who have left the workforce right like what professions specifically are the ones who have left and it makes sense that you know people who were previously in preschools or daycares because of the shutdown right like they they didn't leave just because they were like i'm done right it was it was <laughs> by natural causes that they had to But I love that JuneCare is creating or facilitating this opportunity for them to become their own, become entrepreneurs, essentially, right? Building out their businesses. You support with with getting them clients, if you will. So the business development side piece is done. And I think the thing that you you've said a couple of times now is that they get to do work that they love, work that was already, you know, that they were already passionate about. And so I think being able to be in a space, right? And we as entrepreneurs, we know this, right? Part of the draw towards building something is because you find passion in something and you want to do it. And being able to give that that opportunity to these to these hosts, I think is amazing. In addition to the moms who are part of the the host groups that also want to be able to generate revenue. So now as you think about, you know, just where we are in terms of of this <laughs> pandemic. I keep hearing people saying that, you know, now that the pandemic's over and I always question, is it, is it really? Cause oh. I, I don't know. I don't know. I won't get my hopes up. I just want to emphasize two more things that were kind of jogged in my
1: memory, just listening to your response from the last conversation. You know, I think during the pandemic, a lot of families, their, their understanding of work and their understanding of Childcare and their understanding of what it means to care for children during the day really changed. I mean, for the first time, we were all, all parents were globally exposed to what it really is to be a stay-at-home mom, you know? And what I mean by that is it's a lot of work. I was a stay-at-home mom, full-time stay-at-home mom for three years, the hardest thing I ever did. Honestly, I mean, you have to talk about like being a self-starter. You have to wake up every day and you know, you're going to have little people who are not only just going to need like fundamental needs, but they also need to like be educated and entertained and like taught new things. And you, know, I think it's very rare that you have children. I have one friend who has kids like this, but one <laughs> where they're just comfortable, like hanging out and reading all day. Like that's just not realistic. And so this opportunity to actually enable parents, mostly stay-at-home moms in our network who are doing this very real work, tons of planning, you know, tons of just like research on what's happening locally to get paid for that work, I think is huge because it is just like such important work that I think it's, um, deprioritized, disrespected and unrecognized. And so I'm really excited about that aspect. And then the second piece is, you know, traditional childcare has never really worked well for families. So this idea of like, and frankly work has never really worked well for moms. Like, okay, you're in the office at eight and you leave at five thirty or six, like that's kind of silly right? Because you're not necessarily productive the whole day. And as things come up with your family, it's very stressful if you're expected to be in the office for, you know, eight to nine hour blocks, you know, versus focusing on what your actual job is, what your results need to be, and how do you get that done? And so I think there's, because of the pandemic, thanks to the pandemic in a way, a lot of working parents have woken up and been like, wait a minute, like I can kind of do my job in a different way at different hours, which means you need a different kind of childcare. Mm -hmm. And so I think this is also something that Junecare, where we fit really well, because that flexibility in schedules, you know, as people are going back to work in a hybrid model or, you know, have realized their most productive hours are a certain chunk of the day, being able to structure your childcare around what's working for you, what's working for your family, what's working for your kids' schedules, especially as all of that changes as your kids grow older, I think it's just going to be critical to how we operate successfully as a, success, as a society, trying to also raise children and become more and more productive every day. And so I get really excited about that model too. And I think that really resonates a lot with our users, people who come to the platform looking for childcare kind of that flexibility and different approach is going to just be a critical support structure as we move forward. Absolutely. So I just wanted to comment on that because I feel like that gets lost a little bit. The care work, like paying parents for the work they're doing and like how do we actually create childcare that works better for families Mm -hmm. is a big critical part of what we're
0: trying to address as well. You're absolutely right around the, and it's part of the mission, which is what I love about June Care, is that it is important work, right? And and I think that probably prior to the pandemic, people didn't realize, you know, how bad teachers had it or how bad daycare professionals had it, and so many parents having to live that really uh, gained an appreciation. Not that they weren't already working hard, but now to add in, you know, really essentially three to five roles. So yes, I I truly uh, agree that it is important work. I am curious, you know, obviously the the hosts, right? I would consider them that like they're the regional offices of June Care, right? And so you and the the team of five, you're you're considered corporate. How has, you know, the work that you've been doing in building this business and what you've learned through your own personal experience, how has that informed the way that you've structured the culture? of the June company within the quote unquote corporate uh, offices.
1: Yeah. It's funny to talk about us as corporate because there are only five of us and we are distributed. So we're a fully distributed team. Everyone on the team is a mom herself. And so it it just brings like a fun perspective, not a requirement to join June care. It's just kind of who was most excited about joining this mission at the beginning happened to be other moms. Um, in terms of the culture, it's such a great question, and we actually just we all just read the Culture Code book as a team to just start to be more intentional about how we think about culture because you know we do plan to expand, and now is the best time for us as a small team to define you know what are we and who are we as a culture, and for June Care, we really are. Pulling our culture from the mission, which is moms supporting moms in their most important work. And again, that work could be at home or outside of the home. But this idea of, you know, let's let's bring the sisterhood together, you know, let's get rid of the divide of the working mom, the stay-at-home mom, and come together with mutual respect and admiration and support Mm -hmm. for one another. But then we also... Just like we would want our hosts and our users to be, you know, it's really important to us to be open. So creating an environment where we can have vulnerability, where, you know, my team feels comfortable telling me when I have a bad idea, which they do, by the way, they feel too comfortable. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) They feel everyone feels very comfortable telling me when I have a bad idea. I'll tell you that much but then really authentic. So, you know, I, I loved the impact of the pandemic where you know you suddenly were like seeing into people's homes, literally. Cause everyone was on zoom, which is so different than how it used to be. Right. Where we would like meet like in the same boardroom every time. And like, I was just whoever I presented myself to be at work, you know, like kids are going to be around and kids get sick. And sometimes, you know, you're gonna have your baby on the Zoom call while we're talking about the product launch or whatever it may be. It's really important to me. And something I've loved actually about doing Zoom care versus Intuit. And again, Intuit was a great experience, is my kids see it. You know, well, they really understand the model because of what it is, but they see me working. It's not like a mystery to them, you know, what mom's job is and like what mom does every day. Cause they like are really integrated into it. And I, and I want to build a, co- a company and a culture where, you know, it is very family oriented, but then, you know, the most important thing, one of my core values as a person, it just always has been this way is winning. I love to win. And I know that sounds shallow, but it's just one of the things that drives me. And so we were talking at the end, we had an offsite to just talk about culture and like how we want to be building in a June care. And one of my head of growth, actually, she was like, you know, I think it's, I think it's our environment should be not like a family, but like a team in a huddle. And I just love that analogy because you think about like when a team comes together for a huddle or like a pre-game or pre-race speech, you know, everyone is motivated. Everyone's focused on the same goal, Mm -hmm. right? Like that play or the win or the race plan or whatever it is, everyone has a role to play and, and they know their role. And it's this very supportive and exciting moment, but with very high expectations Mm -hmm. of yourself and of each other. And that is, I think, always going to be core to the June care mission too. Like we have a big problem that we're trying to solve And we're trying to solve it in a way that has never been tried before. And so if we aren't all super motivated by what we're trying to do here and clearly understand like, you know, this is how I, this is who I am and this is how I'm contributing to this mission. And if we don't all see that in each other and like know how we're going to be passing the ball back and forth throughout each and every day, it's not going to work. And so that's really how we are thinking about this culture. So it's of course, mission focused, it's open, authentic, bring your whole self. And then it's a team really focused on solving this big hairy problem.
0: Yeah, I love that. And and I love that you're so, you're so clear, um, even at this stage, right? Because oftentimes organizations or startups will wait until they're like three, five years in and it's just like, okay, well, what is our missions, our values, right? You know? Mm -hmm. I love that analogy around the team and and how you stay focused and and I I, I would imagine that in, that informs like the level of energy the level of passion that you would be looking for someone um, to have to come into this organization. Now, shifting gears here, you know, as you, as you are building this business, right, you have this team, you have this vision for this organization, you know, this is the first time that you're doing this. And I'm sure there's a lot of learning every day throughout this process, right? So how are you balancing, you know, being the leader and the visionary and, you know, rallying everyone with also, you know, dealing with the learning curve that you are experiencing as the individual in this process?
1: Oh man, what a good question. I don't know that I've nailed that one. <laughs> so, <laughs> I could just tell you like my coping mechanisms. Yeah, it is. It's so exciting. I mean, I love it. I love being on the learning curve and I love working with teams and I love like seeing us make traction every day. So from just like a personal motivation standpoint, I am I wake up energized every day. We're trying experiments all the time right now, because, you know, it's the best time to do it. We're small and we're nimble and we can like quickly test and learn and make sure, you know, we're building the playbook across the board, go to market product, customer success, trust and safety, all the areas. My least favorite parts of my job are legal accounting, HR, all the compliance pieces, but man, that sneaks up on you. No one tells you about that piece when you go to start a business, but you know, I just set aside some dedicated time for that and then give myself a treat afterwards. But on the other piece, you know, how do you rally the team while you're on your own learning curve? For me, it's just really been relying on my network. So I'm very fortunate to have a strong network of friends, of colleagues, of advisors. I have the most incredible team of advisors that came on board during our fundraising process. Um, I'm just like humbled and overwhelmed by who has decided to, who has decided to join us on this on this journey. And they are, you know, totally accessible to me. So I have people who have kind of been there, done that on a lot of the things that I'm facing every day. Honestly, my husband included. So he had his own startup and now he works in venture capital. And so he's he's kind of my first line of defense, I guess, on a lot of my questions. But I you know, I have no ego, right? Like I'm not, I don't feel like I need to pretend like I know things that I don't. And so I just ask the questions. I try to get as much input as I can from people who have done it before, and then just knowing, because because I am fortunate, I know the dynamics of our business better than anyone so then translating the advice and the guidance into the day-to-day dynamics of our team of our business is kind of how I try to navigate each and every decision but you know yeah you are you're making decisions every day and you have to make them quickly and so it's just you know getting in all the inputs as best you can and then you just got to go you just got to go for it and there's a little bit of trust or gut in there too
0: Yeah, absolutely. So a couple of things that I heard uh, in there that I want to point out is that, you know, you talked about being humble, right? Understanding that like this, there is a learning curve and being okay with reaching out to others, to other individuals who have been there. But more importantly, you've built a solid network, um, both personally and professionally to help support you in that. And I think that that is such a key point. And my listeners are probably tired of of me talking about networking and relationship marketing, but you know, it's so important because that, that could be the make or break, right? Like, imagine if you were in this and you didn't have, you know, like your husband, like, oh my gosh, like that's an amazing resource and a member of your network right there. In addition to your advisors, in addition to your, your team members and, and your personal network there to help support you and to help guide you, guide you along. So I'm glad that you brought that piece up now as you, or I guess my question to you would be, you know, for those who are navigating business in this very, very uncertain, often volatile market. Or environment that we're in, you know what what are some of the lessons learned? And I know I know you've been in it for a year, but you know, listen, you can learn lessons in the first month. What are some of the lessons that you learned that you know, as you can look back over the last year that were pivotal decisions that you made that you realized because of who you are now, you might have done it differently?
1: I'm going to just go back to my Intuit experience, if that's okay. Yeah. Because I had I had two really pivotal learning experiences at Intuit. And one that I'll talk about involves kind of the job I took. And then they both involve being thoughtful about the people who you surround yourself with. So when I was at Intuit, um, Intuit is a product-focused company. And so... I was constantly told by mentors, advisors, not bad advice at all. I wanted to continue to grow my career there. And so I took that advice and did a search. You know, I wanted to find the sexiest product role at the company. Like that was my goal. I was like, if I'm going to take a product role, I'm going to take the best one. (laughs) So I like went on this crusade and I like sold myself hard for this one particular job with our TurboTax organization. It was this new product, super cool. So, uh, still super cool initiative. It ended up being a really cool product. So I took the job and I remember the first week walking in and I had never done product before. And you know, you kind of have like always in a new situation, you like feel uncertain, but this felt a little extra. You know, like this stuff, not only did I not know what I was doing, but the stuff that I was, you know, my job, my job, <laughs> it was not what I was supposed to do. It was literally my job. I just was like, I don't like it. You know, I don't, I don't, not only do I, I not like it, I'm not good at it. And I think those two things like are highly correlated for most people, including myself. And I, you know, so I, you know, I'm not a quitter. So I, kept, you know, I did some research. I started reading books on product management and suddenly about two months in. I realized what the job was, and I was like, I am the least (laughs) well-suited for this job, maybe in the history of, like, people who've tried product ever. I would have scrum teams with, like, engineering teams, and, you know, as a product manager, you're supposed to come up with the requirements, and I would be, you know, they ask, you're being asked a ton of questions, and the only thought in my brain was, I don't care, And not that I don't care, like, I care about the customer. I care about the vision. There's a lot of stuff I do care about. But specifically, when it comes to digging into like product requirements and like really understanding like that level of detail that is so critical, that is just not who I am. And so, my key learnings really from that whole experience have carried with me throughout every other career decision that I've made since then, which is just take some time. Take some time to really understand what you're actually going to be doing. You know, I took this product role because I was told I should take a product role and then I should take a good one. And that's the only thought I gave it. I was like, great, I can do this. Like, you know, I feel like I'm a capable person, but if I would have just really taken the time to understand what product management is, which I now, by the way, have amazing amounts of respect for product managers (laughs) of like amazing amounts. And then, you know, really thought it through, like, how does that match with my skill set with where I get energy, you know, where I feel like I can really contribute. So the learning for me was, you know, do the diligence, understand, play it to the end, really think it through, take your time. But then also coming out of that, I realized, you know, I'm not, I don't have to be great at everything (laughs) and I don't have to love to do everything. What I do need to do is I need to take time to understand, you know, what are the key skill sets and positions that we need to make something successful? How, and then talk to people who have done it to figure out how do you find the best people? Like, what are the questions I should be asking? How do you interview a product manager or a designer? And then really employ what you've learned in finding the best person and then leaning on that person to do what they do best. While you, you know, continue to coach and mentor and make sure we're all focused on the same goal, but then really leaning my day to day into where I get energy
0: and where I'm best suited to contribute. Thank you for sharing that that example, because I, I think <laughs> I think was a hard we can all, lesson. Yeah, I think we can all say we we've been there at one point or the other. But I, I like the correlation in, into entrepreneurship too, right? It's so um, important for us as entrepreneurs, even though we, at one point, we may have to do all of the things, right? Just because our, our business is growing, that we, we really, truly take the time to identify, is this my zone of genius, right? Like, what is my zone of genius? And how do I stay in that particular pocket and play to my strengths and bring in people and allow them to play into their, their strengths? So I'm, I'm sorry you had to experience that, but I, I'm, I can only imagine that that has helped you, you know, really frame how you take on opportunities, how you build out your team. And so, you know, we 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 learn and we learn through those those lessons that don't feel good in, in the moment.
1: Yeah, a hundred percent. And I will say our product manager at Junecare is amazing.
0: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I'm sure that vetting process is probably by far the best vetting process in in the history. (laughs) Yes. Awesome. Well, uh, just to wrap up here, thank you so much, Gretchen, for, for sharing with us about Junecare, about your journey, certainly really giving Giving an identity to, you know, the stats that we hear around this great resignation and certainly the solution that you've created, not just for, you know, the the individuals who are leaving the workforce, but the families, the families themselves who have been really impacted by this. Um, one last question. I know you mentioned the Culture Code as one of the books that you and your team recently read. Is there another book recommendation that you would have for anyone who is in the space of growing or? Just a book that really stands out for you.
1: I have a bunch that I've read over the past uh, several years, maybe kind of subconsciously preparing me for this. The Culture Code is an amazing read. I would also recommend anyone who's interested in thinking about a startup to read the book. It's an old one, but Lean Startup. I read it years ago and it just is, is almost as close as you can get to a playbook For how to start a company and how to know one, if you should start a company and two, if your company is going to work. It is very close to what my approach for June care was. So we had a hypothesis, and instead of you know building first and then launching it like field of dreams, we really just got into market, you know, pretty with pretty some pretty janky stuff. You know, like I made the website, I was like managing stuff on spreadsheets for the longest time. But in doing so, I touched, and still today it's almost true, I touch each and every customer who comes in and just being able to feel the texture of why have you why have you come to June Care to host or why are you coming to us for childcare and what are you looking for? What are you dissatisfied with currently? It informs everything we do. It informs our messaging. It informs our culture, as I mentioned. It informs, definitely informs how we're building the product. And so I would really recommend that book. It's a quick read, and it's one to visit over and over again, uh, especially if you're thinking about something entrepreneurial.
0: Absolutely. Thank you for that recommendation. We will definitely include that in the show notes. And before I let you leave, in terms of people being able to connect with you to learn more about Junecare, where and how can they do that?
1: Yeah, so visit our website. It's junecare.co. If you go to junecare.com, it's a cute Dutch, like baby sunscreen brand, but that's not our site. So go to junecare.co and then follow us on Instagram. We try to do a lot of customer testimonials, stories, key product updates, as well as just facts about what's happening for moms and in the workforce today, the future of work. I enjoy following it. And I think your listeners might too.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much, Gretchen. And I really, really appreciate you being here. The links to uh, JuneCare.co will be in the show notes as well as the um, IG link or the IG handle. With that, again, thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing your expertise and your knowledge with us and this amazing product and service that you have created to solve an issue that was here long before the pandemic. I will be back next week with another episode. Thank you and have a great rest of the week. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of She Leads Now. Be sure to join us next week for another transformative discussion to help you grow, develop, and embody the courageous leader you've always been. Be sure to subscribe to the show to get alerts when new episodes drop. And join us for our next Leaders Lounge meetup on Zoom. Details and dates for future sessions are included in the show notes below. So take a look there or head over to SabineGideon.com forward slash lounge to register and hold your spot for the next session. Again, that's SabineGideon.com forward slash lounge to grab your spot. Excited to connect with you all inside the lounge. Talk to you soon.